Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fuck, Elogians? Huh? How do you like that? What the fuck, Elogians? I never think that there's going to be new ones, and there are new ones. This is Mark Marin. This is WTF, the podcast that I host that you are listening to. I'm not going to waste airtime here. I'm not going to ramble with nothing to say. I would never do that to you. Am I the kind of guy that would sit on a mic and just waste your time talking about how he's not going to waste your time, but in effect, actually wasting your time? For example, like what I'm doing right now would be a great example of what I'm talking about. Quit burning up airtime, Marin. That was so meta. I just called myself Marin as if it wasn't me. I just I just spoke my own name in the third person. Come on, dude. Just fucking deal with it. I did it again. Twice. Double meta. Meta times two. Meta squared. All right. Look, I have things to say. We got a good episode today. We got Brendan Walsh. He's one of the great, uh, he's very earnest, very upfront, very funny, very fucking real. That's Brendan Walsh. Uh, That's going to happen in a few minutes. I did just get back from New York City. I did fly there on 9-11. I flew on 9-11 without thinking about flying on 9-11 because why would I want to think about that? Because if I thought about it, I would think, fuck, I'm not sure I want to fly into New York on 9-11 on the 10th anniversary of 9-11. And then I realized that's probably the safest day ever to fly in a plane. And then I realized what a fine tribute to uh, the legacy of 9-11, what, what better tribute could there be to the memory of those lost than to fly fearlessly into New York, not into, I mean, to fly to New York on 9-11. And it was a, an amazing day. It was a beautiful day. I got off the plane and it was just, uh, it was clear, but it was somber. I did, I did have feelings. I did not watch any of the television coverage. As a matter of fact, on that day, I went to a comedy club that night. I went to visit Louis C.K. So all of the, those of you who are like, you guys friends, did you work it out? Are you still hanging? We uh, spent some time, talked about stuff for a few hours. But before, when I was waiting to go to his house, I went to a comedy club, Stand Up New York. And I hadn't been there in a long time. I've not been into the clubs in New York in a while because I tend to go to Brooklyn where I do the live WTFs or I do, uh, do my stand-up in Union Hall. I've kind of been on hiatus from New York comedy clubs for a couple of years, it seems. And I went into Stand Up New York and they'd redone the place. And I just wanted to watch the show. So I stepped into the room and the guy on stage brought me on stage. I'd just gotten there from Nashville. I had no desire to go on stage, was not prepared to go on stage. And I know you think like you do this all the time, but it'd been a long time since I was brought up on stage without any idea I was going to be brought up on stage. And uh, it, it, I stumbled. It was, uh, it was a very humbling moment to be like, uh, well, I had no idea I was going to, well, I guess I should just... I know how to do this. There was that moment. But then I got off and I watched some of the TV in the bar there and was, the sound was off and it was something in a stadium. I saw President Bush. It was a 9-11 event. Uh, and it was President Bush walking across the field, waving at the crowd. And, and the first thing that clicked in my mind was, did they just introduce him as uh, And now the guy who let it happen, please welcome... Former president of the United States, George W. Bush, the fella that let it happen. 
and then got us into a war that had nothing to do with 9-11 whatsoever. Give it up for him. How about a standing ovation for the chap that let it happen? I doubt that's how they brought him. I don't want to get political, but you know how my brain works sometimes. What I did want to say is, uh, coincidentally, I was in New York for the premiere of my friend Jody Lennon's documentary about me. Uh, I I believe she calls it uh, the voice of something. Now, this was shot on September 19, 2001, like seven days after the attack. And it was just, uh, she had been doing profiles of performers and artists, uh, short documentary profiles, and she just happened to uh, to do me that day and, and followed me around for like 10 hours. Now, I hadn't seen this footage in 10 years, and she got in touch with me a few months ago and said, I'm putting this together, do you mind? And I said, well, I better take a look at it. I don't know if I act appropriately. Like, how self-involved and narcissistic and, and uh, <laughs> kind of... Uh, uh, detached was I from it because I'm a little nervous. I don't want it to to look weird or make me look bad. But, you know, I was all those things, but I was also very concerned and I was trying very hard to work in that environment. And it was very interesting. And I'd like you guys to see it because uh, you know, I'm not generally happy with things uh, that have me in them. But uh, the, she showed it at the Whiplash show at the UCB, UCB in New York. And uh, it looked great and it went over well. And uh, I thought it was uh, an interesting uh, look at that week or so after 9-11, something you certainly haven't seen on any of the television stations. But there are other opportunities to see it. I am going to be showing it. uh, We are going to be showing it at the Live at the Bell House show on the 19th, uh, this coming Monday. But she's also going to be showing it uh, September 27th at 8 p.m. at the Pit in New York. She's also going to be showing it at uh, UCB LA on October 4th. And she'll be showing at the Annoyance Theater uh, November 8th uh, in Chicago. You can get all this information if you go to uh, jodylennon.com slash Marin. That's J-O-D-I-L-E-N-N-O-N.com slash Marin to see where she's going to be showing that. I, I think it's a, it was a very interesting thing. Uh, what else did I do in New York? Oh, I was involved in a clandestine operation in Staten Island. I can't really go into it. Uh, but I did some, spend some time in Staten Island. I had not spent any time. I think I've been to Staten Island once in my life. And all I can say is that uh, we were at the, uh, I was at the Full Cup coffee shop. That's all I can let on about this. Uh, So that's all I'm going to say. It was not mob related. I was not on an undercover operation, but I was in Staten Island uh, for an entire day. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Someday the truth will be revealed. I'm not playing a game here. It's not a prank. Not a prank guy. Let's talk about that because I talked to Brendan Walsh a lot about pranks. And I've only talked to one other guy about pranks. And I think I expressed my ideas about it. I I just don't have the heart to be part of a prank because it just hurts me. I hate to see other people humiliated uh, unless I'm feeling humiliated, which is most of the time. But that doesn't mean that I like pranks. Uh, I don't like pranks being played on me because it makes me feel even more humiliated than I do in a general way. But anyways, I think that a great example of... uh, well, I had a great conversation with John Benjamin uh, way back on episode 27 of WTF. Now, look, if you have the WTF app or the premium subscription online, you can check out that episode, which also features uh, an appearance from, uh, come on now, come on now, that's his name, come on now, classic stand-up, very uh, underrated and highly unknown. But uh, let, let's play a little bit about that, because this was funny, and uh, a lot of you haven't heard it. This is uh, me uh, talking with John Benjamin. Uh, about pranks 
So tell me about some of these, like, you know, you guys do these pranks on each other, and I, I don't understand that type of comedy. What kind of, who, what do you mean, who, what do you, you mean, and we? Sam and, <laughs> you <laughs> so You've never pulled a prank on someone? No, it's mean and hurtful. That's not true. It's not? No. Maybe you weren't the crying boy in seventh grade. Well, I mean, I, I can't take responsibility for your childhood. Why not? That's not fair. Well, okay, the prank you did on the phone, that was funny. So I call, I call uh, John. Wait, I, it was funny or it was... It, it was irritating. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's my reaction to that prank. I'm an idiot. Why did I even fall for that? No, so, see, I, I take it differently. I let me explain it like what it was. I included you. Fine. And that's nice. So you call... You call the kid uh, who no one liked, I included. Okay. Yes, no, I thank you. So you call John's cell phone. And you get a message like, hey, this is John. Uh, my, if you need to reach me, my new cell phone number is. And he gives his cell phone number. And then you're in your car. You're risking your life. You're calling anyways. And then you call the number that he leaves after you remember it while you're driving. And it's the same number. <laughs> that one is working like a chunk. But I get a lot of that. I do get a lot of that, like, what, why? Why would you do, like, why did you waste my fucking time? It's really funny to talk about, but I didn't enjoy the experience at the time. <laughs> no, if you're in your car, you, if that's the way you died, I would feel bad. Well, maybe you should think about that. Yeah. No, I've done pranks, phone pranks that have gone awry. Like what? There's a long, it's too long a story, but do it, it. it involved the FBI. Let's hear it. And my friend Charlie, you know Charlie Fisher. I do. How's he doing? I don't know. I got to call him while I'm out here. So wait, no, this sounds good. Let's do this because this could be a, a great thing for the show. <laughs> okay. So you and Charlie Fisher. This was a long time ago, and Charlie Charlie Fisher was a friend of mine. He lived in Boston in uh, in the South End, and I would occasionally stay at his apartment when I didn't have other places to live. the The gist of it was we were getting we were watching TV, we were getting high. And he was telling me the story about my mom is a, is a ballet teacher. And me and Charlie grew up in the same town where his sister lived. So he was telling me, like, that his sister's kids are going to go to this really, this other ballet school that was in Worcester. Yeah. That was kind of a rival to my mom's. So your, I joking. My mom taught ballet. My mom taught ballet. Okay. So I jokingly sort of said, you know, like, let's call her and, you know. Give me her number. I'm going to call her and tell her not to do that. So he did, and I called their phone. There was a mess. It was a machine, you know. And they left. I, the message came on, and I left this message in like an old lady voice or something, like, like you know, this is, <laughs> this is Diane from the Charlotte Klein Dance School. Uh, we re after reviewing your daughter's uh, application, we 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 don't feel she's ready for the, the Charlotte Klein program. Perhaps you should try uh, performing at school or something like that, or whatever. You know, that was your mother's school. That was my mother's school. Okay, so it was dumb, but yeah. And that was it. Like hung up, and you know, I don't even think Charlie laughed. He was just you know watching porn or yeah. <laughs> so the the. What happened was, like, three weeks later, I got a call from Charlie saying, like, this is all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is fucked. Like, I went to Worcester, and I we are fucked. Like, you're fucked. Like, what are you talking about? Your message. What? 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 What, what do you mean? Well, 
his sister was a like a lawyer who yeah. worked for his father, who was also a lawyer. Right. It was a big, uh, uh, I think, divorce attorney in Worcester. Yeah. And uh, the sister was representing. They were, they were involved in a really, I guess, like ugly divorce case, where the mother of the woman was involved somehow, and she was harassing Charlie's sister. Okay. Like with, you know, you fucking, you know, you, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. mom was involved and was yeah. a mean, angry person. Right. So they took that message to be the mother of the the woman involved in the case. Yeah. <laughs> and they t- then they, they took that as a threat on Dee Dee's daughter's life because they know where the kid goes to s- ballet school. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... So apparently, like in the three weeks before Charlie's call, they had called the FBI. They've made voice match. They've used like they pay like whatever eight grand to do voice match. Oh, yeah, from the machine, the tape right. of me right. going. This is Diane from the show. <laughs> I don't know how they jump, but apparently, like whatever it was, yeah, they felt like I must have sounded just like that woman. And that woman was, uh, you know, making a, you know, this veiled threat about, yeah, yeah. I know where your daughter goes to. Oh, my God. So I lived with Sam Cedar at the time. And Sam Cedar, you know, has these devices where you record phone calls. And, yeah. And the, the Charlie's father called and we recorded it. I don't know if he still has it. But, I mean, he was, uh, he was, you know, he was, you psycho fucking idiot. <laughs> You're fucking, you will never make a cent for them. I'm going to sue you. You will never make a cent for the rest of your fucking life, you psycho. How could you do that? I was like, I... <laughs> it's funny. It was, yeah, I didn't even... Like, how was I... I how did this resolve itself? Oh, uh, never. Oh, uh, really? I mean, Charlie was... Charlie apparently, like, <laughs> completely sold me under the bridge. <laughs> like, he went home, <laughs> he went home, and it was like that scene from, like, The Godfather, like, the father's pacing. Yeah. You know, and Charlie's like, what's going on? And they're like, well, you know, this is bad. You know, this is bad. What's happening? So this woman from, is, you know, trying to bus? kill yeah. Dee Dee's daughter. Yeah. And then, you know, and Charlie's like, what, what's going on? Yeah. And then, you know, they whatever, they told him about the tape and the message, and Charlie's like, that was John Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> right like immediately like uh, that was my friend John <laughs> like uh, what oh they'd already called the FBI and everything else they apparently had done voice uh, match oh and it where you send the tape to and, the F- and, and I guess the, that, <laughs> they that, did match <laughs> yes that woman <laughs> me and that woman served 16 years <laughs> the, that's, and that's the story where John knew he had an incredible talent for doing voices yeah but that was a you know that was one that that worked out way better than I could have ever imagined God damn it. Tired, buddy. I know, me too. We should have set this up for later. Why? Well, but I'm tired because I woke up at 6.30. Why are you tired? Because I was up until 6.30. <laughs> you were? Uh, five. So you're just up alone? Yeah. Staying up. You're one of those guys? Yeah. I'm going through this thing where I can't, uh, you know, I look at people. Uh, you know, some days, you know, I'm okay with everybody. And then other days, I feel horrible for the pain everyone's going through just by having to walk somewhere. Yeah. You ever no, have that? I, I, that's, 
exactly how I go through existence. I am either in line at a store seething with hatred for right. everybody else in there. And then I see a guy walk past me with like a leg brace yeah. and I burst into tears and just pity and love everyone. It's that's it's all they're the only two extremes that I have. It's like it's just like they're days, hatred or yeah. pity. <laughs> Well, I I, tag, I I think I tweeted this thing once about how like sometimes I love all people and then and then other times I just see everybody as sad monsters. Yeah, but you got to love them too. It's only that moment where you hate everybody because you're so fucking aggravated, and and that fine line between like, wait, what are you a fucking moron? You're <laughs> a fucking... more lottery tickets, you fucking piece of shit. Right. <laughs> I just and... want to pay for this bottle of water and get out of here. Right. And then like, there's that's just like literally a half beat away from like, oh, it's fucking, it's hard for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do I? What do we have to complain about, really? So we're. The, so what do you do all night? Do you sit around and think of ways to, uh, you know, fuck with your friends? Um, no, that's usually just inspired. Impulsive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whenever inspiration strikes. What is that prank mentality, buddy? Um, I think it's a combination of like not knowing how to show affection <laughs> until someone's freaking out. Well, I mean, it's, you know, if that's that's a good way to gauge how I feel about you. Like, if I fuck with you, uh-huh. that means I really like you. Uh-huh. Like, I would never pull a prank on someone I don't like. But doesn't that, like, I got another friend that does that. My friend Sam Cedar does it, and John Benjamin does it, and I'm just such a baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't deal with being fucked with. It, it makes me so embarrassed and horribly uh, hurt and vulnerable. Yeah. And then when we were in uh, Aspen, you did that thing to Chris Fairbanks that went on forever. That, yeah. And it was I, very difficult. Yeah, I, I regretted that one after. We, you ba- it was so impulsive, and then it, got, it snowballed so quickly, then I didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know how to end it. So if, for people who are listening, there's a, a comedy festival in Aspen, and they give a ridiculous award, right? Wasn't that it, that you had convinced him that he had won the... the... He won, like, Best of the Fest right. or something. And it's a, it's a silly little festival to begin mm-hmm. with, but nonetheless, you know, I don't even know if he was planning on going to the show, and you had somehow leaked, leaked to him yeah. that he was a guy, that well, he won. We were sharing a hotel room. Oh, okay. Some of us shared hotel rooms that year i mean they had an option they gave you some money and said if you want to get your own room either way chris and i were sharing a room i wasn't drinking or anything yeah um over that time period and uh so one night i went back to the room to crash out and chris sent me a text saying like hey come down to the lobby everybody's hanging out drinking and stuff and i was like nah it's late just bring everybody up here like joking and then immediately text him back like you know i'm 100 percent kidding and as I send that, there's a knock on the door. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, set myself up for that. Yeah. So he brings like, you know, 25 people into our room. <laughs> and it, and I was fine. Like, I wasn't, you know, I told, I liked everybody who was there. Yeah. But it, you know, it went on until, four, it went on until the cops came and right. kicked everybody out. <laughs> yeah. And um, so the next morning I went to the awards, you know, they had this little thing at that Mexican place. You were there. Yeah. And, uh. And I, they, later that night, or either way, they gave out the best of the fest right. later in the week. In the, yeah. But Chris wouldn't wake up. You know, he, he was drunk and up until, you know, he had a girl there or something. And so uh, he, he, he wouldn't budge. I kept trying to wake him up when I was, when right. I was leaving for that thing. And so I thought it would be funny. I just started texting him throughout the thing. I was like, oh my God, dude, they're looking for you. Where are you? Oh, that's right. I think you might have won the best of the fest. They're freaking out. They can't find you. <laughs> And uh, so I was just doing that throughout the day just to yeah. amuse myself. 
And then um, at the end of the thing, I was sitting there with, it was like Troy Baxley and um, you. And, yeah, I think uh, I was asked to play along and I did. There was another, either way, I told if, like Alex Cole, there were, there were like three or four comics where I was like, oh, d- text Chris, just congratulations. And I, and I sent him like, way to go. You just won Best of the Fest, idiot, but you couldn't wake up and make it here. Right, right, right. So, uh, so they all sent him congratulations on their phones. And, um, and then Troy went back to the hotel. And when he got back to the hotel, he called me and said, hey, I just saw Fairbanks. He's in the elevator, freaking out. He's <laughs> on his way. He's like, I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. Like, he's just beating yeah. himself up. Like, hey, I won an award. I'm not even there. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So Troy tells me that he's on his uh, on his way over. So then I stick my head out of the restaurant. There's a bunch of guys out there smoking and stuff. He said, "Oh, Fairbanks on his way." When he turns the corner, everybody cheer for him. <laughs> and of course, you know, they, he turns the corner and everyone, "Yay! Congratulations!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Ah, yeah, I'm an idiot." And, <laughs> and but then beyond that, I didn't know what to. I was like, "Oh, well, wait, how do I end this now?" <laughs> and um, so it, it went on for it went on for you know two and a half hours tops like i told him we went back to the we went back to the room after the couple we went to your podcast yeah, yeah. And, and and i was like hey man you didn't you didn't win anything that uh <laughs> that um that uh drawing or whatever the, that award ceremony is not until tomorrow <laughs> and and then he uh he's like ah he's like i called my dad <laughs> oh, no. yeah so I felt pretty shitty, but you know there is a follow up. Uh, uh-huh. There's a there's a follow up uh, prank that. Well, he tried to get me back. He was doing a show at the John Lovitz Club the the day we got back from the festival. So he gave <clears throat> he gave my phone number out on stage, and told everyone to text me um, congratulations on getting Letterman or something, or something like that. And so I was watching a movie with my friend and my phone just just starts going nuts. I got like a hundred texts in a row. And at first, my initial reaction was like, oh shit, he tweeted, he got like Steve Agee. This was when Steve Agee had like a million Twitter yeah. followers. And I thought, oh no, he got Steve to like yeah. tweet my phone number. I'm right. just going to have to get a whole new phone and a whole new life. <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized, I was like, oh no, wait, he's at... He's doing that show tonight. Yeah. He just gave my number out on stage because it stopped at about like, you know, 60 or yeah. 80 or whatever. So then so I... he didn't even I, fill but, the room. No, no, not at all. <laughs> 30 people. But I had... Uh, but I... So I had all these people's phone numbers who just texted me. Yeah. So I just mass texted them all back. Thanks for signing up for T-Mobile's Hot 100 ringtones. A, a charge of three ninety nine will be added to your bill. <laughs> and like I used all these slashes. Like it looked really. I'm pretty good at sending fake texts. Like that <laughs> yeah. look official. Yeah. And uh, and that was the best because I called Chris. Like I just. And I there were two of them. One was about. Con- they had to contact their administrator or something. Like their their right. cell, cell service was yeah. shut off for texting me. <laughs> and um, so I called Chris later and. Uh, I was like, "Hey man, how was your show?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you got me." I, he's fucking. He's he goes. He goes. I had to. He's like, I had to convince everyone. I was like, "Just do it." He told them a, a few things that I had done yeah. to you know my friends, and and he's like, "Just text him." I I swear it's his number. He won't do anything. And then he so he gives out my number, gets everybody to text, and then he just hears a guy go, "Hey." It says I just signed up for some ringtone thing. And so it's like, this says that my account's been frozen. I have to contact. And he's like, no, no, no. He's really good at this. No, no, I'm telling it's him. It's him. 
<laughs> so during the show, during the show, and, and he said, even after the show, people were coming up to the bar uh, just to make just to sure, make sure that they're, they're like, "No, I'm not going to get charged." Oh, he got duped. <laughs> he got out pranked <laughs> in the garage. Brendan Walsh, the bearded Brendan Walsh, who I met in Austin. Yeah, that was the first time I met you. No beard. No beard. You you a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol. Yeah, pretty Austin, edgy. Yeah, Austin's a lot of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what uh, I didn't know if you were going to pull out there. I didn't. <laughs> There's a like when I met you, you're really funny, but I was like, yeah, he's one of those guys. He's he's uh, gonna crumble in on himself. Really? <laughs> Did you ever think that? I I still think that. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you come from originally? How'd you end up there? You're not a Texan guy. No, Philadelphia. Oh God. Yeah. You grew up in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. like in the city. Yeah. No shit. Yep. That's kind of a tough city. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what were you like? A what? How many brothers and sisters? Big Irish family. What happened? Uh, Irish family, but just me and my brother. Older? Pragmatic Irish family. Oh, that's um, good. No, younger. He's 18 months younger than I am. Oh, so you were that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but not, we got along, I think just like any other siblings that yeah. are that close in age, like your best friends yeah. up until, we still like, we still would get along, but we got in some pretty, I guess, yeah, through high school. Yeah. Tip- typical sibling stuff, like nothing. My brother went the uh, jockey route. Mm-hmm. My little brother. He must be really little. Oh, no, no. Jockey? No. Oh, jock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, uh, it, it wasn't, he never had any attitude about it, but it was just such a different, you know, he was like, you know, he got tennis rackets, I got cigarettes. Yeah. And that was it. You know, I mean, it was like just different lives. Yeah. What'd your brother end up doing? He was pretty jockey. Um, that's about the same that we went to, but we still would uh our friends our friends would overlap here and there yeah um, i mean i get along with him fine now we're yeah. good but i mean there was that whole chunk of his his, his his but my brother's one of these guys like i thought he was the do-gooder guy mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he'd be like you know i got some coke and i'm like what the fuck oh wow who are you yeah <laughs> i don't think my brother does that no i don't even know what he does that's people ask me what he does for a living i, I have no idea i mean i know it's a computer based yeah my, my, my job brother, thing <laughs> my brother too he's like yeah. he's in sales of some kind he's a he's a sort of he sold a lot of things in his life and now he's uh doing some marketing for a company that does something to market things i don't know what the fuck right. it is yeah business just yeah it's like, just uh yeah general business mm-hmm. like that's i've been interested with and i i have done it on stage but with like you just see like these things like uh you know, like, oh, I have a big presentation at work in yeah. the morning. Yeah. And it's like, are those real things? Or is, are those things that, like, guys who write scripts but don't know anything about business? Right. It's always, you know, oh, we have a, the clients are coming in. We have to impress the clients. And I think it's a real thing. I'm sure it kind of is, but it's, yeah. I'm, I mean, I you see it in a script or something or on a, like, or like, a tweet or, like, you know, I got a big presentation to make. and It, it just seems like this hackneyed thing. Like, what does that mean? It seems a little vague. It does. Yeah. I, well, I don't think I've ever heard it in real life. I've never actually heard a person say i have to get up early in the morning i have a big presentation at work tomorrow you haven't not in no i wonder if i have i'd like to think i have right now i think i have i, I don't know if i ever asked what it was yeah. but I, I get the picture that you know depending on what the business is the person who's in charge of that account has to come in and say like Punch here's it. the progress we made or this is what we're thinking about doing yeah. here's uh, some pictures mm-hmm. and uh i think we should all Punch get behind hard. this Huh? Pie charts. Pie like charts. Big, like an yeah. easel with uh, PowerPoint uh, yeah. uh, presentation. I had no idea. You know, to me, it just sounds like a shitty show. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you know, like we got to sit through this shit. But I guess there are good presentations. I don't know what people's lives look like. I, I've never lived another life. 
Yeah. I have no idea what those people go through. Uh, I, me neither. I've I've managed to stay off the grid my entire adult life. I feel like you seem. I I'd like to believe. I've I've constructed a personality around you. Hey, you got the shirt on. Wearing your shirt. That's fucking nice, dude. I love it. Yeah, you make uh, you make shirts too, mm-hmm. but that, not, but not like that. That's pretty high quality. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, couldn't really do that. You do some of that one-off shirt stuff, like one color, one color. Yeah, whip it up. You have a shirt. You have a business in your garage. I did in Austin. Um, not so much here. I make shirts for some comedians. Yeah, that they sell. Yeah, Tig and. Um, oh, I've seen her shirt. Pretty much just Tig now. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, they they can get kind of pricey, but I mean, so, but you seem like to me, I, I decided you were some sort of, uh, you know, Neil Cassidy off the grid crazy motherfucker. Yeah, kind of. Since <laughs> I was nineteen, I mean, <laughs> what now? What when, in Philly? So what? Where did you? Uh, what did you grow up in a rough neighborhood? Um, it wasn't the roughest, but it it had its fair amount of assholes. Yeah, I mean, I I got the shit beaten out of me a handful of times. Really? Yeah. Did you ever beat the shit out of anybody? Um, yeah, there's one time there were, uh, but I, I wound up getting the shit beaten out of me later. Like I, that same night, like I, (laughs) there was this one guy who had like eight friends started fucking with me. Yeah. So I beat the shit out of him, but like towards the end, like, you know, pretty much when I had him on the ground, I was just pounding his face in. Yeah. I felt his friends started kicking me and stuff and was like, oh, right. Yeah, that's right. That's the way this is going to go. They're not just going to go, you know, okay, he's had enough. Uh, Go home now. Call the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was, um, yeah, that was pretty bad. The, uh, yeah, the guy poured, they were sitting on these bleachers in an outdoor basketball court and, uh, I was wearing a baseball hat and I was waiting for my friends to like walk their girlfriends home. We were going to go like get beer or something. I was in, I was like 17. And um, so it was me and one of my friends. We were just waiting for our other friends to like meet us at this park and they yeah. were going to go get beer or whatever. Yeah. And then these assholes were sitting on the bleachers drinking and one guy asked to see my hat. And it's like, well, all right. You know, I mean, it's just, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, either way. <laughs> This is gonna be bad, and I was hat like, or no hat. Yeah, exactly. The, They're gonna. The tone has been established, right? We're gonna fuck with you, and and that's that's yeah, that. There's yeah. no way out of it at this point. Yeah. You know, even if you turned around and walked away, you're not leaving. Yeah. Um. So I gave him my hat, and he uh, poured beer in it and threw it at me, and and. Uh, and it was just, I mean, I don't have, any, as, as bad as I got beat up, I don't have any regrets because that's something that I wouldn't have, like if I had just taken my hat and slunk away, yeah. slunk, slinked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, he, he just threw the hat in front of you? He just... Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was holding the hat and he's like, oh, it's a nice hat. You think it'll hold beer? And I was like, eh, you know, I don't, <laughs> no, come on. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> that probably not probably I not mean, gonna hold beer I, I mean either like, way buddy you're gonna we both know how hats you know <laughs> fuck up the hat I mean the back part's mesh no it's probably not gonna hold beer you know <laughs> there was no time for that discussion was it yeah, no no I mean I think I was like ah come on don't do that yeah. and, <laughs> and then he just you know poured it in and threw it at me and yeah and it's like all right I mean I guess come on let's go I guess you know it's just kind of like okay we have to fight now <laughs> Like, I can't take, you know, I yeah. can't live with that for the rest of my life. Without and, standing up for the hat. And, and just, <laughs> yeah, I understand. They're yeah. Just, well, that's those moments, man. You know, where you're like, 
Yeah, I, I, you probably couldn't live without. It, it'd be a different memory, anyways. It it would <laughs> be definitely like, be. Yeah, I don't know. It'd probably it, be one in a sequence of memories where you should have, you know, probably stood up for yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could have gone on this path of severe cowardice <laughs> instead of just the moderate cowardice. Was that, that I, was that really the first test? Was it the the that the beer pouring incident? It was like that defined me as a guy that stood up for himself. N- no, because there were other times that I did kind of that I was kind of a chicken when I was younger, you know, yeah. with just running or, yeah, you know, not after you've, but you must've been the guy that, you know, set shit on fire and, you know, and fucking started shit and then split. Not, I mean, I, I did go through, I think all boys go through a little pyromaniac yeah. phase. Um, but like, there's a difference between like, you know, just being bullied and then like, you know, setting something in motion that you, you could get your ass kicked for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I never got my ass kicked. I don't. I'm not provoking you or anything, but I, I never did. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I got out of this life without getting my ass kicked, given my mouth and my temperament yeah. and my attitude. I'm. I'm completely surprised. But I think I. I'm fairly diplomatic by nature, and and maybe I just exude a. Yeah, you know, I've had moments mm-hmm. where I thought I was going to get my ass kicked. Yeah, and I've tried to act like I could handle that, and maybe that dissuaded them. But yeah. I don't. I don't know why I haven't. Well, it's lucky. I. Well, you know. I mean, at this point. I, hopefully we're all out of the woods with physical yeah, some, violence. You haven't had any lately? It's been... It has been um, 10... It's probably, it's 10 years at least. I don't yeah. think... I don't... But that, like you're a prank guy. I mean, there's no reason that you there, you, you have, to, have to think you're out of the woods. No, I... There, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes... I mean, I don't really do anything that like severe to... You know, I mean, like the Fairbanks thing... Uh, but is there a moment like, where you're doing that where you're like, you're like, oh god, the poor guy, yeah, and then you feel bad? Yeah, no, yeah, that yeah. one I felt bad pretty much because his dad. As soon he as I, his dad. well, even before that, because I was like, oh, now what do I do? And it was like, oh, it's, I don't like the getting. Well, I'm going to contradict that in a second. I don't like getting like that kind of one-on-one thing. That's not really my style of prank of like, hey, you just like giving somebody yeah. a fake scratch-off ticket that yeah, says yeah. they want a hundred grand and yeah. watch them get. Excited. Super excited and then and then ruin it for them. Um, that's not really my style. I mean, I like to. I guess I prefer. I just like getting a genuine rise out of someone. And generally, you know, I'd like to by hurting them. Well, no, I mean by like getting them upset and then right. You know, relieve. well, I think it's interesting because like you know, obviously Fairbanks, the fact that you know, you one upped him on him trying to get back at you that <laughs> that becomes sort of the terms of your relationship. You're always sort of on guard. For how it's going to come at you, like I, I just realized that sometimes that's the way people communicate. Like my friend Sam and and John do that all the time, where that's just they're friends, but yeah. they they both have to be on guard constantly, yeah, for how they're being fucked with by the other guy. It's yeah, and that's I guess that's kind of exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. Um, what were you gonna say that you did something bad? Some other one? Well, this is actually, well, I guess I can give it away on the. This is something I'm going to do. It's more of a public. I'm going to get everybody excited in Silver Lake thinking that there's a, a Whole Foods moving into town. There's this, there's an empty Circuit City. Yeah, I know uh, where that is. Yeah, so it's been empty for like two years and I was talking with, uh, actually Neil Hamburger, we were talking about yeah. uh, how he lives in the neighborhood too. We're like, yeah, it's crazy there's not a Whole Foods here, there's so many hipsters. And, right. It and is kind of crazy. It is, yeah. Um, and uh, he had mentioned that that would be a good location for one and yeah. I said, you know what, that's right. I'm going to get a banner printed up that says coming soon, Silver Lake Whole Foods and hang it up on the fence. 
Um, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to, and that's going to be exciting for the, you know, the neighborhood's going to get really excited and then confused. <laughs> but how do you uh, chart the progress of that prank? You know, you don't. You just, you know, you just know it's out there. I mean, that's, there's no, um, yeah, there's no, you know, it's not all about numbers, you know, it's just all about, <laughs> it's about creating like, you know, enjoyment for myself and confusion and, and ultimately enjoyment for other people. I think a lot of people will get a kick out of it. But are you going to document it? Are you going to sort of like either tweet it or, or are you going to say that, you know, I mean. Yeah, that one, maybe I'll you know kind of tweet like oh hey so you mean tweet that you know that it's happening that it's happening yeah no i'm not gonna say look what i did the satisfaction from that just comes from you knowing that you're just driving past it and seeing you know seeing a big banner, banner that i made it <laughs> looks like a whole foods announcement and knowing yeah. that all the people in silver lake are going to be like did you hear about the whole food that yeah. you started a meme people are yeah this is what you'd be doing yeah and it's a small scale meme, but I mean, but it's big enough. And then, and then like it just sort of trickles away. Yeah, but but it could theoretically sort of define uh, at least a, a relatively decent percentage of talk in Silver Lake for months. Yeah. Uh, yeah does anyone know what happened with that whole food thing? Yeah, what? exactly. But have you thought maybe to follow through and and do a second sign a month later? Said uh, we're rethinking Whole Foods. With we it. could, yeah. <laughs> We'll see. There's uh there's a bunch of uh I've been cuz that's been my new uh banners. That's my new uh I want to <laughs> get into banner pranks. I don't think too many people are doing that. So I've been so there's a lot of vacant businesses up and down Sunset in that area. So uh -huh. Now is there any legality the issue to this? I don't think I mean, you know, aside from trespassing, yeah, or I, take I it down or yeah, I mean, it's like no cop's going to lock me up if they catch me on a ladder. Well, it's like the uh, the Obey stuff, you know, the... Um, yeah. I mean, that stuff just... And, and that doesn't have any sort of significance other than a tag and yeah. the implications that like, wow, that, they're all over. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. I'm always uh, happy to see them in odd places. Yeah. It'd be fun to see one on the moon, I think. Oh, yeah. Banners. That's Someday. good. So uh, when, when did you start? Did you start doing comedy <laughs> in Philly? No. I didn't start until... I was living in Austin for f five years. Why'd you go to Austin? Just because that seemed to be the the haven of it, freedom and... Yeah, it was cool. Uh, yeah. I Well, yeah, it was like the opposite of Philly as far as people supporting things. I mean, I left... When I graduated high school, I left Philly immediately and uh, traveled for... Well, actually, that's not true. I worked at a bank for a year, realized, okay, I can't do this job stuff. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Well, Philly also, like Philly, you know, I spent a lot of time in Boston and New England and all the way down through New York and Philly. Mm -hmm. Philly has a very ingrained cultural identity mm -hmm. and, and, and it's not all attractive. No. I mean, there's there's a tough, there's sort of a toughness to it and there's a, a type of uh, Philly townie that, that are fairly, you know, scary in a yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's sort of a rough town on all levels. Yeah. Uh, and they have great sandwiches. They have great, great junk food yeah sandwiches yeah. pizza yeah i went to denix in the market for that uh, for the roast pork and provolone yeah, broccoli yeah. rob awesome yeah and the cheesesteak stuff but it's good but it's really got a sort of uh a city identity which is sort of like fucking fill you know it's like that yeah it's that thing yeah it's a little italian a little bit irish it's just tough yeah and yeah. i i don't i don't necessarily see you as uh you know living there for your oh you know i i was talking about 
this with somebody recently because they're moving to New York. And yeah. I had said, like, you know, I think I missed the boat. Like, I couldn't do that at this point. You know, if I had moved to New York right from Philly, right, be fine. But A lot um, of cats did. There's some Philly comics. Up yeah. There. And that's a, that's a pretty easy transition. But going from Philly to Austin, and I went there for... I moved around a lot. I lived in Ireland for a while. I lived in Amsterdam. I lived in Oregon. and I But I would keep going back to Philly. You know, I'd go somewhere for six months or a year. And, yeah. And then go back to Philly and say, okay, everything's exactly yeah. where I left it. So I'll go somewhere else. And, uh, and then I had this friend. I was working for a theater company in Philadelphia. And um, this girl who I was friends with, we were both like, the, I was the technical, I was like the sound guy and she was the lighting person. We went At a small theater? Is it? touring theater company they put on put on plays for kids you know like we'd like babes in toyland yeah. or christmas carol they, yeah we had like 12 right companies that they'd send out on the road and you'd go and you know load in a show do it at nine in the morning a bunch of schools would come and watch and, yeah so we went on that tour and um we came we went through austin she had actually just bought a house in austin she would go down there in the summer she did puppet shows and stuff and um yeah, either way. So was, was that the dream, to be a puppeteer? Puppet or? guy? No. Um, I mean, we kind of had a thing, you know, me and that girl had a off and on again. Did you, did you have any input on the design of puppets? or? No, I helped her with some, like, I mean, no, actually I wasn't really involved with the puppet stuff. Huh. Um, it, yeah, it's definitely a weird thing. You're more of a technical guy? I was just, I was just more of a goofball guy. I was 23. And, oh, sorry, just hanging know. out with the puppet girl. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, crazy puppet girl, you know, like tattooed, uh, you know. Right. She was definitely like, she's um, one of those kind of like pivotal people, you know, like where I met her at the right time. Like I was like 22 and she was, you know, 25 or 26. And I I grew up in like a real blue collar kind of right closed-minded like right uh you know like if i had told anybody oh i want to be a stand-up comedian or an artist or whatever like yeah okay well yeah. take the fucking steam fitters test too yeah. because you're going to need a real job eventually you know <laughs> <laughs> you know and yeah, uh yeah so and i had i i got this job with this theater company just loading trucks and stuff and and uh and i you know worked there for a while and started building and fixing and painting sets yeah. and then met this girl there who was like you know tattooed like just like you know did these puppet shows and she made some... art like made a living being an artist right you know? right it, there has to be those portals where you're like oh my god this is not a you know a beaten down chick who smokes cigarettes and you know is angry at the world yeah yeah like she's doing cool shit like yeah. she's getting she's making like somebody was paying her 10 grand to make like a giant teapot yeah for something and i thought like oh man that's like the <laughs> how do i get in that's on that? insane you're getting ten thousand dollars like that's you yeah. know what to make a teapot yeah yeah um and <laughs> so then the she was like friends with all these like you know like there were these bars and stuff i would go to in philly but she like knew all these like like you know all these girls who who i was intimidated by like ooh, that girl with the tattoos and the piercings is like hey i remember that though i remember that when i was younger where you just sort of walk into a universe and you're like this is where it comes from this mm -hmm. is where the art comes from this is where the alternative lifestyle comes from this is where you know people can do what they want yeah and and you know and there's a community around it yeah that's a that's a fucking great moment yeah where you're like i can i can leave 
Yeah, there's, oh my God, there's other music besides like, oh, I thought the alternative radio station played the alternative. Oh, that's fucking, there's way more alternative shit. Than, yeah, yeah. There's you know, weird shit. Yeah, there's like crazy shit out there, yeah, like yeah, half yeah. Japanese or, yeah, yeah. you know, just like noise yeah. rock. Yeah, I remember like breaking in into that scene. Like there was a dude I met at a record store who turned me on to like The Residents and Fred Frith and all this yeah. stuff at that time. That was like, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. Where he just sort of like takes me to his house and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And like, who listens to this? Can anyone get these records? You, you know, and then all of a sudden your, your whole fucking mind is blown and your entire personal paradigm shifts. Yeah. But it, well, yeah, it's blown wide open. I right. Because you're right. like, oh my God, there's more. Right. And there are gay people here. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, there's gay people and girls who like, yeah, who have really cool attitudes towards, towards casual sex. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like to get drunk and party. And so you locked on with her. You, well, she kind of introduced me to that world. Did you, know? you take the steam pipe fitters test or the steam fitters? No, test? I never. I my dad. My dad was a fireman, and uh, seriously, he wanted. Yeah, he wanted my brother. I think I might have taken the written fireman's test. I remember. Did, was he a fireman like sweep at the firehouse guy? Yeah, yeah, Did, Philadelphia fireman. But how does that work? It's like four days on, four days off. Like oh. so, you go. You're pretty much there for. Well, how did it go? I mean, he would do day shift and night shift. So, but he would have to sleep there sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Did well, you guys sleep at the firehouse? We never slept there, but when we were kids, we'd, you know, he'd take us there a lot. Yeah? Which is cool so as So you knew all the guys? Uh, we knew, yeah. He had, like, a bunch of goofy friends that- Go uh, on the truck? Yeah, well, that, yeah. I mean, for, a, you know, six, seven-year-old kid, that's the best. You get yeah. to go climb around on a fire engine all day. And how long, does he retired or? Yeah, he's retired now. He retired- uh, Ten years ago, shit, man. Were there like there were there serious stories? I mean, there was a big fires. Did he ever? I mean, was it low? Uh... Yeah, no. He he went to a lot of funerals. Yeah, and uh, he never really. He got fucked up once. I was pretty young, and I just remember like he had like basically a cast on the whole right side of his body, essentially like a wall fell on him or something. Ugh. But uh. Yeah, I never really thought it like it was just kind of what he did. Like I never thought about like, oh man, like is dad going to come home tonight or what? Like I just never really you just had the the romantic nature of it, the red truck and the... Not even. Like Not I good. mean, that was just a perk, you know, yeah. where we got to go play on a truck when we were kids, but I didn't Were there dogs? There was a dog. There <laughs> there were a couple uh dogs. I mean, he, you know, you're Dumb. not at the same firehouse the whole time. Oh, you're, were they Dalmatians? Tra- he there was a Dalmatian at, at one or two of them um but yeah you transfer a lot when you're um a fire or you can and my but you, dad, you stayed in the house your your house but he had to go to different fire yeah houses yeah and i guess he liked apparently he liked busier like you know he liked going, get me out going in the, action. In the fires yeah, yeah so he would work in some real shitty neighborhoods um but uh yeah i never th- i didn't think about it till you know i was much older like oh man like, yeah, what a fucked up, like, God, he saw so much, like, because you do rescue squad, too, when you're a fireman, which is, like, basically, you know. Paramedic stuff? Yeah, paramedic. Yeah. You know, it's the, you know, fire department's ambulance thing. I guess, the, you know, they're the first ones on the scene and shit. And, I mean, just the, the stuff he must have seen, like, and and st- I, stuff that I know that he'd seen, you know, where he'd just kind of casually be like, oh, yeah, we're cleaning out the, you know, this apartment that was on fire and. You know, we're throwing all the burnt uh, furniture out the window, and uh, 
Yeah, and we almost threw the guy out the window. He's so burnt, we didn't, we didn't even know it was a guy. We thought it was part of a <laughs> oh, no. part of a desk or something. And it's like, oh man, <laughs> it's a guy. That's, oh god, that was yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then this one, like I remember one time he was pretty. Uh, I know he was really affected by it. There, this this kid, some kid got run over by a motorcycle or something. Uh, going on his way to a Phillies game, you know, like a young kid, and. Uh, and my dad, you know, was you know the first one there, and I guess the kid was really fucked up. And they are first responders, fire trucks. I mean, they always yeah. show up, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's there's if you ever notice with the fire engine, um, there'll be like a, a smaller boxy truck, and usually right. it says rescue one mm-hmm. or something. And right. That's, so they would, I guess, they would take turns doing, um, you know, you'd be a fireman for whatever. Yeah. A, a week and then you're you're par- then you're the other guy for a week i don't know how it yeah. works but uh but yeah no just like yeah just seeing shit like you know so what happened getting her oh well the kid i just well i i just remember i remember he seemed pretty pretty upset about it uh and then like all the firemen were trying they were getting the phillies to like sign and visit him and, and they, they were trying to That's get he lived the kid lived yeah but i think he you know he got fucked up pretty bad yeah. and they were trying to get like that's what it was. My dad was bitching about. They were trying to get something from the Phillies for the kid. And, yeah, and they, the Phillies were being kind of a pain in the neck about it. Where he's just like, oh, you know, a fucking eight year old just almost died on your way to your game, and you have all these firemen contacting you, saying like, hey, can you give us some tickets for the kid? And they're and they wouldn't know, do it. Got lost in the bureaucracy. Well, I think yeah, it was just more of a hassle than than it was. But that it, yeah, then he wanted it to be. But also, that's another Philly thing where every people just they communicate through complaining like everything's a fucking challenge everything's a story oh so i said to him listen buddy yeah, yeah. you gotta fight it's like is anything non-confrontational ever happen in this town that's i hate well i don't hate talking but like every conversation i have with my dad yeah it's just like he'll launch into it's like we have a little bit of like hey how you doing yeah and then I could just hear his like his ears just gloss over where it's like, okay, he can't hear me anymore. Now he's going to tell me about this fucking idiot driving in front of him who doesn't know how to fucking drive a car. <laughs> like he, I always get him when he's in his car when I call him. He's always like, hey, fucking pick a lane, asshole. Like that's the, I'm like, yeah, dad, let's just, you know, <laughs> stay focused. driving's difficult. We all get it, you know, like just relax. It's, where do you have to be, you know? <laughs> he's retired, right? He's retired. Yeah. Well, like he that? teaches at a college down oh. in San Diego now. He's out here? <clears throat> he got remarried and moved out here 10 years ago. Your mom passed away? No. <laughs> they just split up. <laughs> yeah? yeah? After how long? 23. I was like 23. Isn't that wild? My parents waited that yeah. long, too. It's almost as if, like, they're out now. Let's yeah. end this. Yeah. Yeah. We, it really... we did what we did for the kids. Yeah. Now, like, I've had enough. It's, uh, yeah, I... yeah. It's it's weirder when it happens. Like I get, you know, maybe it was, but I don't know what's better, having two parents who are constantly yelling at each other, or just having one parent. You know, like it's and I a don't, weird guy you don't know. Well, that would be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's that issue. Yeah, here's the new one: mom I mean, and Steve. Yeah, or, or, or dad and Sonia. Whatever it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I used to do. A, I tried to do a bit about that. Like you know, I like I used to do this bit about how I, I just never really recovered from my parents divorce you know i was, I was 35 <laughs> <laughs> but i don't i don't do bits like that i'll try it yeah try it yeah but Looking but uh, oh were they, were they always yelling was it that kind of thing it was there was one um visit 
I mean, it wasn't like... Because I remember my dad was fucking just... You know, everything revolved around whatever, you know, impulsive insanity yeah. occurred at the moment. Like, you know, it was always like a mad search for a knife. Oh, you know, man. Not, not to oh, kill somebody. Oh, right, right. Like, you know, where's that pocket knife I got right. when I was seven? Yeah. I had it with my stuff. Right. And then here we go. The entire family. We're crying. Everyone's crying. Uh-huh. You know, looking around the house for some fucking artifact from his life. Closets are being torn yeah, apart. So ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. that good hat? I'm not going on the trip if we don't find that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vacation's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, was it that kind of thing? <laughs> um, No, it just, it really got to be like, it was a lot of just bickering you know yeah. like just meh, 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 like yeah. passive aggressive bullshit and, yeah. and i came home from i went to penn state for a year and came home for thanksgiving and you know i was staying at my folks place obviously and uh, when i came home and uh and was woken up in the morning by them fucking bickering in the kitchen like i could hear the kitchen was be- is below yeah. you know my bedroom my folks place and uh and it's just like, and I'm like, and I'm, you know, hung over, you know, I came home for Thanksgiving, went out with all my neighborhood buddies the night right. before and getting woken up at like eight 30 yeah, in the yeah, morning yeah, by yeah. bickering. And, yeah. and I didn't even, I didn't even have my bag unpacked. I like just grabbed it and went downstairs and said, Hey guys, I'll see you later. I'm going back to uh Penn state. Yeah. I can't fucking listen to this shit. You yeah. know, why don't you just get a divorce? And, yeah. And then, like, it, you know, then it turned into, you know. Drama. Oh, oh yeah, mom's crying. And yeah. dad's, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's my dad impression. <laughs> 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 but they're happier now? Um, I guess so. I mean, my dad's really. How old is he? He's not very old. Uh, 57. Oh, so he's still full of fire, huh? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's 20 years older than me. Oh um, yeah! Oh really? Pretty much exactly. Yeah. So it's and yeah, and the that fire... might had something to do with it too. Were, was it? Were you oh, a planned God. kid, or it's just like whoops? No, I wasn't. And <laughs> yeah. that I didn't even figure that out until I was like well into my twenties, where I never did the math. Like their anniversary was in January, and my right. birthday's in yeah. July. And um, we're at my grandparents' house, and yeah. they were like going on some trip for their anniversary. And I was like, wait a minute, was I like? Wait, was I two months premature? What the? <laughs> my grandmother's like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> but it, I, it, it, I couldn't believe it. Like I was twenty five. Where I was like, how did I never think about that? Like I guess yeah. I just never cared. Like I yeah, yeah, just yeah. never think. It's like oh yeah, their anniversaries yeah, in January, yeah. <laughs> birthdays in July. I mean, you never did the math. Never did the so math. You never, you never brought it up with them. Just that one day at the at my grandmom's house. And how they handle it. Oh, my dad was just laughing. You know, he's just kind of like, oh, it was a miracle. And my grandma was just like, oh, shut up. And my <laughs> mom. Miracle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not. it's not that. I mean, Who's you know, it's was not that? that big of a deal. It was my mom's mom. Oh, yeah. who's, uh, <laughs> she, she she put the kibosh on the miracle time. <laughs> she's, she's actually pretty cool. She's uh, she's the only one still alive out of the grandparents. And she's pretty. Uh, Is she in Philly? She's in Philly. Yeah. yeah. house? No, she. Uh, she had the same house for a really long time, but my grandfather had a stroke years ago and just never recovered fully. So they yeah. had to like, you know, move to a place without stairs and shit. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's got this little place and, but yeah, she's like 80 something and, you know, walks, I don't know, whatever, five miles a day. She's just all out walking around. And, God, man, it gives me hope. As crazy as my dad is and my mom is, they're both sort of like full force living that's good. It, you know, kind of like engaged yeah. in life. Full yeah. energy. It makes me happy. Like out of all their bad shit, 
whatever I blame them for, for passing along to me, the only saving grace is like, they're both alive and they're both still nuts. Yeah. A lot of energy behind the crazy. Yeah, maybe that's what keeps you going. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what, that's where I find hope. Yeah. My dad still has the energy to be a fucking crazy asshole <laughs> at, at, in his 70s. Yeah. So I, there's a lot of hope for me there. Yeah. But uh, all right, so what's the trajectory here? I mean, if you go, okay, so you meet the chick with the tattoos oh, yeah. and the puppets, and then you go to Austin, but how do you end up in Ireland, Amsterdam, and Oregon? You're one of those fucking guys. You're like, I'm just going. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, I was on a, when I was working for that theater company in Philly, I was out on like a lunch break and just kind of walking around the city like, eh, what am I, I don't know, like what the fuck am I doing? Comedy and, wasn't even part of it yet. No, no, not n- not at all. I mean, I always, you know, I knew I wanted, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a while, but right. I knew I liked showing off. Like, right. you know, I liked to play a little music and I liked to paint. And what draw do you play? Guitar. Yeah. Bass. Um but yeah, so I didn't know. I I knew like, um, well, either way, the yeah, the way I wound up in uh, in Ireland was I was on this lunch break, walked past the place that it was advertising like round trip to Ireland, four hundred bucks, you know, and you had like a year. It was like a student yeah travel thing, and I was twenty two at the time. This so is before Austin. This is before Austin. Yeah, this. But is, you're with the chick with the tattoos. Yeah. Well, not. Y- y- I might have met her. I think I had met her, and I kind of got hung up on her, and she, you know, was kind of like, a, you know, yeah, you know, who's the new blew guy? Me off a little yeah. bit, and then I actually that was fucked. I went to um, this. I was staying at a house at the Jersey Shore with some of my friends, and uh, and a girl that was staying there drowned one night in the ocean, Did and I was had staying with you. Yeah, we were staying at her house. It was her, and you know, people would get a house together, like you know. But five she, of your friends with, someone you grew up with or whatever i knew her for a while i knew her from through high from high school is there folks place or you guys just rented it it was the girls rented it there were like five girls would oh you know God. chip in and, and rent rent a and house you found the body and shit i had to go identify her body on the beach oh, Jesus which uh christ so uh, what, what do you mean so you had a party and, and everyone's like where's we had, yeah that was the weird thing we went out you know we went to some bar and then we're all hanging out at the house and uh everybody kind of went off to their um you know everybody just kind of started going to bed and me and my friend bobby were the last two up and we're being loud and stupid and um and a cop knocked on the door and we thought oh somebody called the cops on us that sucks and the cop you know we're was kind of fidgeting with the knob and he's like just open the door i'm not here to uh bust your balls and i opened the door and he's like is there a girl named christina staying here and i was like yeah you know she just went to bed and he's like well you know, can you talk to me for a minute? Apparently her and some guy went down to the beach. Um, and uh, this was the first year of that El Nino shit. I forget what year it was. Jerry Garcia died that same week. Mm-hmm. I just remember we were talking about it that day. But um, yeah, either way, she went down to the um, to the beach with this guy and they got in the water and I guess like this undercurrent was just insane. I don't know. She got sucked out and drowned. And, and uh, But she had just met that guy a couple nights before when we were all out at a bar. So the cop uh, pretty much was like, no, it looks like she drowned. Um, and then all the girls started waking up and like, what's going on? Cause there's a cop car on the lawn and I'm out there talking to the cop. And these girls, they, you know, they grew up with her. They knew her since oh, they were four or whatever, mm. you know? And, uh, and the cop they're you know, they're kind of what's going on, what's going on. And the cop just kind of was like, he's like, listen, 
I don't want, he's like, do you know her well enough to like identify her body? Cause I don't, you know, I kind of want to get out of here and I don't want to, you know, you deal with this other, like five girls that knew her since she was four. I mean, not that I handled it super cool either, you know, like what happened? So you go out to what they got her, drove down to the beach. Oh, she's on the beach. Yeah. In a body bag. And they just like unzip the thing and it's like, holy shit. Like I I was, she was sitting at the kitchen table 20 minutes ago, you know? And it's just a dead body with foam coming out of her mouth. Oh God. So the guy had called the cops, the guy she was with or what? I guess, you know, I mean, I don't really know what happened from there. Um, But that was a big, uh, again, like that, because she was going to, you know, she was 22, 23 maybe. And uh, was going to, uh, she was taking summer classes at the community college in Philadelphia so she could get, you know, graduate six months earlier or whatever. So she was only coming down to this house like, a couple days a week because she was going to school and I just remember thinking like I mean it's a weird thing you know that too just like how you're just it's like so real when something like that happens like you're just reduced to Every, like it's just cops and you're out of your body you're not thinking about you you're, there's that moment where it's like holy fuck this is real shit it just it really hits you over yeah. the head of like you know hey life this is fucking this shit this shit happens and like hey it's gonna happen to you eventually and and you know and then like yeah the cops you just up at the house and at, the one a couple of things that struck me was one when the cops came they just had a ziploc bag with like you know forty dollars two earrings a driver's license like it was just like here's what you're reduced to yeah you know like now she's just a thing in a in a bag in the morgue and here's okay you know yeah. you guys whoever wants her earrings and her forty dollars you know yeah. have at it um but the uh and her going to school too where i was just like oh she's like all that time was just for nothing like all this shit going to college and taking these summer classes and that's it was pointless you should have just fucking you should have just been having fun and stuff that is a weird thing too that girls um in one of her yearbooks or something she had said that her biggest fear was was of drowning like she wasn't a good swimmer apparently but that's well that's what what kind of propelled me to the Ireland thing. I was yeah. walking around on my lunch break and that had happened e- either way that happened, whatever yeah. sometime in the summer. And, um, like a month later or probably less than a month later, I was walking around Philly, saw this cheap ticket to Ireland and was like, fuck it. Yeah. Might as well, you know, like, and, yeah. you know, kind of had that you only live once mentality yeah. and was like, well, I don't want to, you know, I know everything here already in Philly and, I can always come back, and yeah. so just bought the ticket and went there for a year and waited tables and what what town Galway yeah mostly which is great. I was actually just back there last year or two for two Kilkenny. Years ago. No, I just went. I, my grandma wanted to go, and uh, so we took her to uh, Ireland. Who your dad or your mom? No, me and my mom, my aunt, my uncle, my grandma, which. Uh, Oh, man, it was such a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it was, well, I was a nightmare. Like, I was not going through a good time. Like, I was, whatever, really stressed out and broke his fucking shit. When was this? It's like a couple of years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> and you they, you'd made the decision to throw your life away on comedy? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. one of those, like, yeah. And whatever. there you are with the history of you traveling. We're traveling in a fucking bus tour. That was the thing. Like, my uh, mom set everything up. Yeah, and, like, yeah. these, you know, they're not well-traveled people. Yeah. And I kind of said to her before, I was like, just rent a car. Like, you know, rent a van and I'll drive. And, you know, I know where stuff is. And, yeah. And uh, 
but it was like, okay, you're right. It'll be easier. They'll have, you know, they have everything. You do these bus tours. You yeah, get the yeah, hotels. Yeah. You get dinner. Yeah. They take, you know, go kiss yeah, the right. fucking Blarney Stone. Yeah. But I... I was like this sullen teenager, like a fucking, you know, this grown bearded guy, just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I just was like, oh, this sucks. Like, because it, it was, it's for old people. And it's just like, God, I know there's so much cooler shit. And I was staying in this little, like, shopping town. Like, basically, they just drive the tourist traps. Like, sure. okay, you got 15 minutes to buy up all the sweaters you yeah. can, you know. We're parking right next to this gift shop, yeah, you know, yeah. in this little town where you can buy a fucking... And then you're pendant. eating with all the same people and you get to know their weird foibles. And there's like usually, I did that one of those to Israel and you, you, there's old couples on there mm -hmm. and you could just, yeah, you get to know people too well. And they, usually there's some sort of minor crisis. Someone passes out or shits their pants. Or <laughs> did that happen? Um, you know, now that you mention it, there was something with an old lady <laughs> yeah. or guy. Yeah, like where yeah, they had yeah. to get off the bus or yeah. dehydrated or something. Weird. I really, I, I really, it was like an overgrown, sullen teenager for well, like happens 10 days. when you're around your mom sometimes. It happens immediately when I'm around my mom. <laughs> it's insane. I was talking to Peretti about that. But, uh, I like, I turn into a, a fucking teenager and I, and then it, it's just like this cycle of being a shitty person and feeling guilty about being a shitty person. Like, I, yeah, like I yell at my mom when I'm home. <laughs> like, she'll, I mean, she is a bit of a nag, you know? Right. But it's like, she'll say, oh, you know, make sure you call grandma when you're, oh, you got to see grandma before you leave. Oh, have you called grandma? I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I get it. I'll call grandma. Just fucking get off my back. And I'm just like, what are you, 16? You're a 37-year-old man. <laughs> and you try to hold out, though. Like, I, I, I can appreciate that. Like, when I'm with my mother, I'm like, I literally have to fortify. Like, all right, dude. Don't get locked into this shit. Mm -hmm. She's going to annoy you immediately. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. But you're oh, you're past this. You just let her be your own person. You don't have to fucking react like that. And I can hold out for like three days. But at some point, I'm, it's going to fucking blow. If you're staying, that's the, you know, hopefully oh, it's, it's financially, like, I'll be able to. Um... I think they look for it. I think there's some part of them that, that feels like they've lost you. But as soon as you act like that, yeah. they've got you again. Oh, it's my baby. He's yeah, back. something like that. Some version of that. <laughs> Maybe. Well, yeah, because then all of a sudden you're like, God, I'm sorry. And they're like, oh, I didn't expect. And then like you're locked in. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how it yeah. goes. So many like, oh, yeah. It's, I, I, it's just inescapable. Even on the phone sometimes. Like, you know, yeah. it's just. Oh, the, the amount of times I just have to like not talk. Yeah. 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 Like, okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Got to go. Yeah, and then I call her back ten minutes later. Hey, mom, sorry, sorry about. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean know. to. I didn't mean I to got cut things, you off there. Yeah, and, you know. Got things going on here, and then they're like, "Well, what's going on?" I got, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, "I gotta tell her what's going on now." <laughs> well, yeah, that's why you know when it, you know you, you hear about those relationships, like the like that song, "The Cat's in the Cradle." You know, yeah. the, the other part of that is is like, my father's annoying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, you, you wouldn't want to call that guy every week. No. You know what I mean? My son was just like me. Of course he was, you fucking asshole. Yeah. But I mean, that's what you never hear about those things. So I can feel a little distant from, you know, when parents are like, my kid never calls me. Well, there's probably a reason for that. Yeah. There's two sides of that fucking story. <laughs> do, what do we owe you that? But then, of course, like you get old enough, like my age, you do kind of owe it to them. Yeah. Like, you know, at some point, you're like, oh, fuck, I haven't talked to the old man in two weeks. Yeah. Wonder where the hell he's at. And then you just check in. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, thanks for yelling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry you're upset. Yeah. I got to go. <laughs> sorry the drivers on the road are so bad. <laughs> yeah. It was nice hearing about it for 10 minutes when I was trying to pin <laughs> you down for a Phillies game here, you know? 
<laughs> so what? Uh, so now Amsterdam. What the hell was that about? That was just you know I was, was already the, uh, over there. Oh okay. Well, I mean Ireland. I mean once you're over yeah, in yeah, they, England they, or Ireland, like traveling around the states. Yeah, yeah. You just take a ferry anywhere. And, and you stayed in Amsterdam for how long? Uh, that wasn't very long. It was a month ish. Did it get months. dark? Get weird? No, <laughs> actually, it wasn't like no, it you know. It's like not like it. I wound up there for some drug fueled action. Actually, I kind of wound up there because I ran out of money. Like I had saved some money and and traveled around Ireland and yeah. went to Prague for a little while. Well, how was I, that? I heard it was amazing <laughs> the whole time. I mean, not like not that I was fucked up, I, but every tourist that came because I worked at a restaurant right. and we got a lot I of keep American hearing that people. too. That's amazing. Yeah, they're like, oh, you can live there. Oh, it's like five bucks a week, and you yeah. eat like a king, and you know, beers are a, a penny, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you can stay at a, the Ritz Carlton for four, five bucks. And uh, and I got there, and it's like, well, I think stuff's kind of cheap. But the country was so... This was in 96, so yeah. this was like... You it's, all, know, it's all Kafka too, right? Um, well, it was... Yeah, kind of. I yeah, mean, it, it, it's... It's it, like it, a Kafka theme park or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I heard. Well, it was very... It was, it was very confused when I was there. Like in 96, it was just like, you know, kind of... Uh, whatever they call it, like the Iron Curtain just fell and like, you know, it wasn't right. Czechoslovakia, it was the Czech Republic now. Right, right, and, right. And so like now you can, you know, there's the, what whatever you call it, like free market and, and shit that they didn't have before. So like there were, you can buy blue, you can buy Levi's there. They're the equivalent of 200 bucks a pair. Nobody yeah. can afford them. Right. So you have people, everybody's just trying to steal from each other because there's this influx of, you know, all this, you know, Budweiser and Levi's and all this shit that they've seen on TV, but it's like, oh, but we can't afford any of it. So I'll maybe see if my friend has any money in his wallet because I really want some of that stuff. (laughs) I mean, that's all it was. Like, you'd go and buy a ticket for the Metro. Yeah. Give the guy your money, gives you the ticket, you're walking away, counting your change, and then, like, you know, as soon as you stop and have that question, look and turn to him like, hey, did you? He just hands you the money like, oh, you got me. Like, it's like not even, it's just part of. Oh, so the tourists were getting screwed. Well, everybody, like, I mean, everybody was just trying to steal from each other. And it's other. so funny because the Americans in that uh, scenario are the enemy because they're going, you don't have to pay for this shit. You know, Budweiser is not good where we live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no, Levi's are not great, but it, they are pretty great. They are pretty great. Uh, <laughs> it was. It wasn't like. I mean, it was fine. I just had a difficult time. The language is so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the street signs. You know, it's like you know backwards K's and pie sign. You know, it's like that Russian yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of shit. Yeah, no way. And so I'm like, I don't know where I am. I and nobody speaks English. And I get annoyed with that. It was. It was kind of annoying. And like all the grocery stores, you couldn't like. Yeah, like all the food was kind of rotten. And, you I know. get very intimidated by, you know, the, just not knowing how to do the regular everyday things where I go someplace. You, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, and if there's a language barrier, it's like, oh, now I'm really lost. And yeah. even if I ask somebody, it's going to be complicated. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, you know, how to buy food at this place. <laughs> there's no way. Because there's part of you that wants to, you know, kind of pass. Yeah. But there's another part of you might just go, I, I'm dumb. <laughs> I am yeah. not from here. <laughs> I need a mommy. <laughs> yeah. Somebody hold my hand. And- so when did the comedy thing start? Um, and why? Uh, You're funny as fuck. Oh, well, thanks, Mark. You're funny, too. Here, yeah. you have a new CD out. That's an old CD. Oh, no, that's an old one. Yeah, no, I, I didn't start until I was like, it was um, 2002. Yeah. When I really kind of started. I had like dipped my... T- I, I I was perf- I did weird stuff though before like when I moved to Austin with the puppet girl she uh 
she would put on these puppet shows and sometimes I would just like do like a weird kind of act before like to open for the puppet show. Like, uh, like what do you mean? Like uh like I would get a a keyboard and have this pre-recorded keyboard music yeah. and uh and I'd sing songs and make believe I was playing the keyboard and it was very believable. Um but yeah, just sing kind of like these sappy like, you know, um that I will always love you and Phil Collins uh Ugh. um against all odds like real emotional kind of you, know, you would actually sing them i would sing them and fake play the keyboard and then i'd like read off these cue cards in between like about so like a medication goofy and... performance art yeah, yeah yeah so i would do stuff like that you know just kind of show off weird you know yeah dumb stuff and uh but the actual stand-up comedy wasn't until 2002 i entered that i heard about that contest and I met I had met some actually Fairbanks and uh, Martha funny, Kelly the funniest guy in Austin thing, right? Yeah, funniest uh, funniest person in Austin contest that they do every year. And Lucas, Lucas wasn't around then. I mean he he's won it. Yeah. He won it last year, I think. But it was Chris Kel- uh, Chris Fairbanks and uh, Chris Fairbanks and Martha, Martha Kelly. Kelly and uh, like Michelle Balloon. Um, they were yeah I I. I was doing these shows i did these kind of like loose sketch yeah. improv shows with these guys leon yeah. and andy and uh we did one at the Velveeta room and after our show they were doing the open mic and and i met chris and martha and michelle and was like oh these people are like my age and kind of funny because i kind of dipped my toe in it a few years before and went to a couple open mics and just thought all the comedians were assholes and not yeah. funny and they were kind of like everybody had a chip on their shoulder and I was like, ah, fuck, I'm not, what am I going to try to pal up to these guys who I don't think are funny and, yeah. and are mean to me? Yeah. Um, so then I, you know, so it's like, oh, there's people my age who are kind of funny now. Maybe I'll try this. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, oh, well, you should enter this contest. And so I wrote like seven minutes worth of material like the day of the contest. I mean, material, if you could call it that. But, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, went and like made the finals that first year and yeah, and then it's just kind of, I don't and, and well actually and Fairbanks again is that I was talking to him one night at a party and he's like he had to go to Houston to go feature for someone yeah and I was like well what's that like feature and he's like oh well there's an MC and then the feature you do like 20 30 minutes and then there's a headliner and I was like well what's that pay and he's like oh 600 bucks and I was just like 600 bucks to go talk <laughs> into a microphone for 20 minutes uh, you know three for three nights like that's I make that much for loading fucking trucks yeah. for 40 hours. Yeah. Like, where do I sign up? Yeah. And then, and then he was like, oh, enter the contest. And, and that, that was, that's, that was the goal that I went into comedy with was I want to make 600 bucks a week. Cause that's about what I was making doing. Like I was, did carpentry stuff and you yeah. know, built sets for the opera and, yeah. you know, would set up at the PAC in Austin, you know, if like Phantom and the opera came through, do the stagehand thing yeah. and all. But it's like, yeah, that shit's only like fifteen bucks an hour. So that was the angle. Like, I can do that. Yeah. That what a what a fucking uh, what a like uh, racket that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you go and you see. I went to a couple comedy shows and kind of saw like where the playing field was. It's like, oh, everybody's not Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, there's a, I'm funnier than almost everybody I've seen so far. So <laughs> why not? Why not throw my hat into the ring? That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I remember meeting you, and you, I, I remember we got along pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know if you featured for me, did you? Uh, no, I don't think we worked. I don't think I don't think so. Yeah. I remember hanging out in the back of the room 
right and more I, than and then uh, we're hanging out in that front bar it must have been i can't remember what year it was it was it was before i got divorced so it's probably eight years ago. it must have been right when you started yeah it had to be like oh three yeah that sounds right yeah and uh i just remember it struck me that you got one of those like dave anthony too there are certain dudes that just have a a type of crankiness that's you know, fairly <laughs> uh you know it's very authentic right and you can't really you know fake that right and it's a real <laughs> gift to have that sort of like you know, ah, fuck it yeah you know and uh and they seem to have it i but i swear to you i mean when i met you there I, it was just sort of like you're like i don't know you're, you're just like on the fence kind of you know yeah you're, well it's yeah i had a lot of years where i was pretty wound up and yeah and, just that whole because when i didn't start till i was 29 yeah doing comedy and and then it's you know it's it's tough when you start that. Not that I was like making, you know, not that I was like making tons of money or anything before I started, but it just when you, yeah, when you throw yourself into that, and it's like, um, oh, you know, I was just on the road, feature like two thousand three, two thousand four, just driving around the country in my shitty Geo Metro, middling, middling, yeah. And a lot of times, like you know, you're just, I was pretty disenchanted. Like I thought, oh, I'll get involved in comedy everything will be fun and games for the rest of my life. And like, everybody's going to be funny. I meet and, uh, and everyone's going to like, you know, get the joke and, and found out pretty quickly. Like nobody has a fucking sense of humor, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, manager, like booking right. club people. They're all assholes. They're all psychotic. Not all of you guys. Um, and, uh, and, and, and a lot of these comedians aren't fucking funny and they're depressing motherfuckers. Like you're sharing a condo in Tulsa with some guy. Yeah. And you see him do the same exact 45 minutes, beat for beat every night. Yeah. That, you know, maybe was funny when he was 25 when right. he wrote it, but now he's 50 and he's still, you know, working in Tulsa, well, staying those in the condo. Are, but those are like sort of warnings. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, that's sort of those moments where you're like, you know, that, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. And, and, and that's just part of it. But the interesting thing about you is, is that it wasn't like you just turned your back on on like you, you didn't there wasn't some crossroads where it's yeah. like this path that's the million dollar path right i mean like there I, you must have been on the road at some point going what what would i be doing if i wasn't doing this i'd probably be driving without a reason yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're, i'd be driving a truck filled with sound equipment down yeah, to florida yeah, or, yeah. or something like i yeah i don't i don't ever like yeah I never have those moments of like, oh, I should have been a doctor. It's like, no, I couldn't nah. stay in school. You know, I barely graduated high school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of a grift. It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, it. what's the... I actually had a meeting with somebody recently, like, a you know, Hollywood yeah. fucking, yeah. you know, uh, network meeting. And uh, they asked me what my goals were. And I told them, uh, minimal effort, maximum reward. That's That's my... Goal. That's my only goal in life. How'd that go over? My manager told me not to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing good, man, and I and thanks for coming by. Thanks, thanks for having me, Mark. That's it. The amazing Brendan Walsh, uh, funny guy. I enjoy talking to him. He's like a he's a he's an earnest guy. You don't meet many earnest guys in this racket. But uh, again, I'll be in uh, Louisville next week, September twenty uh, second, twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth with Ryan Singer. Please go to wtfpod.com. Get on that mailing list. I work hard on that. I write a little thing for you. We got new mugs. We got cups. We got mugs and cups. We got posters. We got T-shirts of all kinds at WTF Pod. 
Apple.com. Please go there. Please pick up the apps on iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, Droid. Get the WTF app. Upgrade and get everything. Get it all. Oh, my God. I'm sweaty, man. I'm sweaty. And I want to make some food. Okay. Talk to you later.